0: Morning church, are you all sitting back relaxed? No, I, I, I love being free, um, I, I'd much rather not have the lectern or pulpit here but the problem is that I find it hard to read when I'm wearing glasses so I need somewhere to put my glasses <laughs> but then I can't see you, it's always a, it's always a challenge and a battle Yeah. So, you have to choose one or the other sometimes. And this morning we're going to be continuing on with the theme of what? Kingdom of God. Cool. And so uh, the last two talks I've done on the Kingdom of God were started in Genesis chapter 1. In the, in the first look in Genesis chapter 1, we looked at some of the characteristics of the king. And so we identified that we have a sovereign king, remember that, and we have a creator king, and we have a conquering king. So we discovered that about some of the nature of the king that we, that we have, who's the king of the kingdom. And then last week, if you were here and not taking advantage of the long weekend, and if you were, I encourage you to maybe um, uh, watch the YouTube clip of the church service and pick that up if you haven't already but we looked at the subjects of the kingdom which is you and me and we discovered that we are of incredible value because we are created in God's image that we're made in the image of God and actually we're the only things on the in this whole creation that will actually outlive the creation (coughs) heaven and earth will pass away we talked about and there'll be a new heaven, and new earth, and we get to enjoy it if we're followers of Christ. And we we also discovered that uh, God gave us authority in his kingdom as subjects of the kingdom. So this morning, we are going to move on to Genesis chapter 2 and look at um, day 7 and discover some of the... uh, Attributes of the kingdom, or the things that we can live in, or expect in the kingdom of God. Now, if you were going down the mall, Northland's Mall, say we all left here after church and decided, as a church, we're going to go and evangelise the mall. Go on mass. That would be exciting, wouldn't it? <laughs> I'm sure they couldn't kick us all out. <laughs> Although, as elders, we might get a phone call from the management. But anyway, let's let's just hypothetically speaking, we all go down there and we, and we go up to people in the mall and we start saying, the kingdom of God is near you. I think most people would go, what? And yet that's what Jesus was doing as he walked the planet. He'd be going up and he'd be talking to people and saying, look, the kingdom of God is near you. And in fact, he sent his disciples out doing the same. He, you know, in one situation, he sent 72 out to say, going into towns and villages and go to people and say, the kingdom of God is near you. And people didn't go, what? And we know that Israel is, was, is a nation, or certainly back then is a nation, steeped in religious history. And they actually had an expectation through the prophetic, that the kingdom of God was coming. Their interpretation of it, of course, was that God was going to return the glory to the nation, back to the nation of Israel, that they were going to have a, an incredible land again, and they were going to have rest on every side from their enemies. And that's what they were expecting. So when Jesus was coming along and saying, the kingdom of God is near you, they were saying, yeah, it's coming, it's coming. But Jesus had a much bigger meaning in what he was saying. So what we're going to look at this morning is Genesis chapter 2. At the very start of it, we're going to look at day 7 of creation. And if we read, read this, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day he rested from all his work, and God blessed the seventh day, and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. On the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And the original text used for the word rest is, is the word shorebath, which we get our word sabbath from, which has the idea of rest, to repose, to desist from exertion. And as we read these verses, the most obvious question that needs to be asked is, did God need to rest? And, and the, of course we can all answer, he, of course he didn't need to rest. He has infinite energy, and in fact we see in Psalms it says, the God of Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. So if God doesn't need to sleep or get rest, then why did he rest? And there's a couple of reasons. Firstly, he is able to rest because it's, part of it was a, symbolation, a symbolization that he was transferring authority in the kingdom to mankind, which we talked about last week, to work in partnership with him. But mainly, God rested as an example to us. God is saying that if the king of God is saying that if the king of everything is prepared to rest, then we should learn from his example, and rest as well. So the kingdom of God is a kingdom of rest. It's one of the dynamics of the kingdom that we can learn and discover. And what I see is that there are actually three, at least three levels of rest, and we're going to talk about each one of those this morning. And the first one is making time. Level one rest is about actually making time for rest God made the Sabbath for rest a day to recover and re-energise and some people take quite a religious approach to the Sabbath the Pharisees and the religious leaders certainly did they would take the commandments found in Deuteronomy and enforce it quite strongly. And, and if you look at the, what the commandment says, it says, Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you, which actually comes from Genesis originally. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither neither you, etc., etc. So the commandment says that we shouldn't work on the sabbath but the pharisees in the time of jesus they made rules for the sabbath so binding that it lost its purpose and became a burden to the people they would get really angry when jesus would go around healing people on the sabbath for instance and this was one of the answers that jesus gave to them and mark he said the sabbath was made for man not man for the sabbath So the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. You know, God made a day of rest for our benefit, He didn't make man as a benefit for the day of rest. And this is actually a really important principle about so many things to understand. I think sometimes we can think in our subconscious that God gave us laws and rules and principles to live by, that somehow, if we keep them and follow them, we will make God feel better. You ever felt like that? Guess what? The things we do, the rules we follow or don't follow doesn't add anything to God and it doesn't subtract anything from God. God is the same yesterday, today and forever. God gives us rules and principles to live by for our benefit. Our lives will be better when we do what God wants. Do you get that? So regarding day seven of creation, when we follow the principle of rest, our lives will be better. When we start at level one Sabbath and make time for rest, we will be better because of it. Yet, I don't know about you, but in today's society and our lifestyles, it's actually really hard to find that rest time, isn't it? I mean, we just think about it. M- many of us are working 40, 50 hours a week. The old 40 hour week that our parents managed to get is almost long gone where you all have to work longer and harder and then both both husbands and wives are often working to make ends meet and then while you're both working then you have to come home and you've got all the household chores that need to be done and then even when you get all the chores done there's all the house improvements that need to be worked on or and, and those sorts of things and then um even written into our constitution as part of his church. If you want to be a member in the church, you need to be part of a small group. So there's the regular small group meetings that you're supposed to be going to. Then we encourage people to find their gifting and move into a ministry. So if you're part of the church, you will be encouraging to get into some form of ministry as well. And not only that, then you meet people in need that you need to go and help. And so there's all this other stuff that you need to be doing, helping people in need. And then not only that, if you've got... Kids, you need to be involved in their sport, and so your Saturdays get taken up running kids around sport, depending on how many kids you've got and what the ages are, and then the, you're supposed to be keeping in touch with your friends and building relationships with friends all the time, and then you've got Sunday service, which is great, you've managed to find the time to come to this. Yeah, yeah, that's coming to that one day. Um, and you know, one of the things I notice some of you guys over here, you, you know, your university, your You've got study, study that you're supposed to be doing. You've got assignments that you need to get You get, in. and One of the things that I've observed is that university lecturers, when you have multiple of them, they all seem to gang up and say, I want your assignment due by this date, and they all have it at the same date. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's trying to teach you how to work. <laughs> but how do we fit all this in let alone scheduling time for rest. Anyone struggle with that? Or is it just me? And I'm quite aware that I I can portray an image of being a workaholic. I don't think I'm the only one out here, though, that does that. I run a business but I'm the one speaking, so I'll talk about myself. I I run a busy, complex, growing company with four branches, nearly 20 staff, as as well as that being heavily involved, especially now with John and Sandra retiring, heavily involved in the running of this awesome church. And yes, life is busy. But I've learned some things along the way that help to make sure I stay mentally and physically rested. A couple of little interesting facts. I love it when science catches up with things in the bowl. A couple of interesting facts, things. Um, I was once at a lecture with a, a doctor who specialises in fatigue. I mean, I, listened, uh, I was at a seminar and she came and did a talk and she works a lot with the US military and, and uh, there's so much around health and safety that, that fatigue is an issue with that we don't address as in in the whole employment industry. But anyway, one of the things that I found really interesting is that she said when you get to 18 hours after you wake up, at 18 hours, your ability to concentrate, your ability to perform is at the same level if you are twice the legal alcohol limit for driving. And she said it's universal. Every test that anyone's been done with, it's the same. 18 hours after you wake up, your performance is about the same as if you were twice the legal alcohol limit. Now, I think most of us wouldn't go driving if we were twice the legal alcohol limit. Uh, that would probably be a fair comment. I hope that is the case. But I suspect that um, some of us, if we're doing a, a long day, would be very happy to drive at 18 hours after we've been woken up if we needed to. And yet the performance is the same. And sometimes we we find we've got got that much work pressure on us and we'll, we'll keep working, we'll try to just keep pushing through and pushing through and we get to that late at night and honestly, our performance has dropped significantly. And one of the things that I've learned is that if we burn it at night, we lose it the next day. If we burn it at night, we lose it the next day. another interesting thing that's come out of studies is that if you get up at the same time every morning you actually build resilience into your life sleeping in is bad for you but as your body gets into this uh, into this rhythm and it, it actually Uh, gets familiar with the rhythm and it works better if it stays in the rhythm and when you sleep in or getting up at different times the rhythm keeps where am I supposed to be and it gets confused and it actually drains energy from us. So for over, over two years now I've been getting up at fairly much the same time every morning and it works it works. I find that I actually perform better every day and if you are performing well every day, you find that you actually start getting more done. Psalm 127 says, In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat. For, for he, God, grants sleep to those he loves. God's promise is that there is enough time to get done what needs doing and still have time for rest. The problem is with our perception and our thinking. So we need to find ways of taking care of ourselves, building rest into our routine, creating space for rest. And this is our first step in discovering kingdom rest. But this is only level one. But for some of you, that's what you need. You need to actually say, well, I'm going to just look at my calendar now, maybe this afternoon I'm going to go out for coffee and sit down and actually look at my calendar and see how can I schedule in time for rest. But we can go even better than that. We can go to level two rest. And in the verse in Genesis chapter two, it says, "And God blessed the seventh day and the seventh day and made it holy." And that word "holy" means set apart. The day is set apart. And we need to actually set ourselves apart for God in our rest times. Level two, Sabbath, is being set apart for God. And, you know, once we get over our drive for busyness and decide we're going to take times of rest, it is easy to fill that rest time up with stuff. Um, You know, we are in an age now where streaming services what we can watch online is more prolific than ever. You know, you got Netflix, you got Disney Plus, you got Amazon Prime, you got Neon, just to name a few that you can have as part of your streaming service coming in, and that and you can fill as much time up as you want with with that. And then there's uh, games on um, Playstations or computers or or your phones, which you can use. It. For me, these are a couple of my challenges that I have in, in wasting time, is I enjoy some of that stuff. remember years ago, years ago, before iPhones were invented, um, and before you had 3D graphics on computers, you know, I enjoy strategy games, uh, I do enjoy them, and we had this old computer up in our loft at home. and. Uh, there was a, a old 2D strategy game that i really enjoyed playing one day one evening i was up there playing it and uh, i just got lost in the world of playing it and next i said oh i'm feeling cold and i looked at my watch it was 4am <laughs> i had to be up at 6 for work i did it once <laughs> But it's an easy trap to get into. We find, you know, even when we get to level one and we're making time for uh, our rest times, it's easy to fill it up with stuff. And for you, it might not be streaming services and it might not be playing games and that sort of thing. It might be gardening. Gardening's not a problem for me. might be doing projects around home or going to coffee shops or perhaps some form of exercise and although lots of these activities are actually good for us physically and mentally and there's not actually anything wrong with doing them making the problem is if it takes up all our rest time and we're now no longer scheduling things in for sabbath to rest where we're setting ourselves apart for god then we do have a problem One of the heroes of my faith was Smith Wigglesworth. Who who knows the name Smith Wigglesworth? There's quite a few here around, uh, probably a hundred years ago now. Um, and he, this man was accredited with raising more than 20 people from the dead. Uh, there's one story and uh, read about him is that there, he was in town and there's a funeral procession coming along and the pallbearers were carrying the coffin on their shoulders and so he comes uh, he comes along and grabs the coffin pulls it off. Uh, 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 makes it land on the ground and smashes open, he grabs the body, throws it up against a brick wall and the person comes to life wouldn't that be a good step of faith who's keen to do that (laughs) unfortunately we don't generally have pool bearers walking along the street (laughs) But one of the interesting characteristics about Wigglesworth was that he wouldn't even allow newspapers or the radio into his house, and he would only read the Word of God because he didn't want to taint his beliefs with things that weren't from God. He took Level 2 Sabbath to the extreme and had an incredibly powerful ministry because of it. And I suspect that there are people who have tried to copy Wigglesworth. But actually, they've never achieved what he achieved. And I think that's because he was being obedient to what God was calling him to do. And actually, we need to be obedient to what God is calling us to do, not just copy someone else. You know, and we might feel we need to stop watching Netflix, for instance, or try to change some other aspect of our life because we realize it is, we're not actually spending that level two Sabbath time setting ourselves apart and spending time with God. And so we do that. We say, okay, I'm going to stop doing this. But we find before long we go back to our old ways again with a vengeance. Anyone ever tried that? You try and stop something, the next thing you're back doing it, and it's worse than it was before. We well, shouldn't be surprised when this happens. Jesus said this in Matthew when an evil spirit comes out of a man, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I'll return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, swept clean, and put in order. Then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there. And the final condition of the man is worse than the first. So, it, it, Now, I'm not saying that gardening is an evil spirit. No, no, actually, I, I, I don't like gardening. I really don't. <laughs> Denise says to me, I have pain through childbirth, you have weeds. <laughs> <laughs> don't say amen to that. <laughs> Now, the problem isn't usually stopping something. It is replacing it with something better. Now, this is what Jesus was talking about. You You can clear something out, but you need to replace it. This is why when we're seeing people delivered from the demonic, we actually need to make sure that they're introduced with Jesus and filled with the Holy Spirit. God's kingdom fills empty places. Remember, that's part of the conquering king. He fills empty places. And when we decide that we're, u- we're going to start using some of our rest time for level two Sabbaths where we're setting ourselves apart from God, we need something to replace and fill that rest time with. We actually need to know how to do it and, and actually be successful in actually setting ourselves apart, apart from God. And what works for me might not work for you because we're all unique. But here's some things that I do and you may want to try them out. So you know, every day I read the Bible. Um, I assume I'm not going to sort of throw that into the mix, but I assume you all do that. But um, one of the things that I've learnt, and I, I've got the title from my friend Simon, who uses it in his um, some of his uh, teaching that he does. But I've learnt the power of the pause. And Carl was talking a little bit about that today, and uh, um, his leading. You know, I've learned that as I go through the day it's great to pause and, and I could be going through anything and suddenly I just go Lord I'm just going to stop here a minute and I'm just going to wait and receive from you and just see what you've got to say into the situation I'm going to uh, believe and trust you for, for what's happening and that could happen three, four, five times a day and even though there's all the pressure on whatever the situation is in front of me to get done, I just say, God, I just need to pause right now and wait on you. And I normally find whatever is ahead of me goes better. So that's a, a fairly much a daily routine. And then on a weekly basis, there's Sunday morning. I love coming to church. I love receiving the input, the worship, the corporate worship that we have together. Hearing a fantastic speaker. <laughs> and receiving input from, from the teaching that comes from the front. And for me, coming in at 8.30 in the morning and going into the forum and, and before even the prayer meeting starts and I turn music on, I just spend that time soaking and waiting on God and receiving from him. And that just, it does me good to do that. And you're actually welcome to join me at 8.30 if you wish, or if you get there before me, you set the music up and start waiting on, on God. But that's uh, something weekly that I find just really helps me. And then, of course, tonight we've got collective pursuit, which is every three weeks. So a little bit more frequently than, frequently than monthly. But again, we've got an hour and a half where we can come along and we can set ourselves apart and we can wait on God and receive from Him. And then on an annual basis, I go to the Hamna Retreat for leaders where it's two and a half days of worshipping and praising and seeking God for that. And they're just some of the ways that I've learned that I can set myself apart daily, weekly, monthly, annually for God. And as we start to fill our rest time with things which are... uh, setting ourselves apart from God, we will find that that will actually increase because we're replacing something which is, eh, especially if it's gardening, with something which is actually incredible as we connect with our Father, we connect with Jesus, and we connect with the Holy Spirit. So that's level two. But there's even better than level two. Who wants to know what level three is? So we're going to jump to Hebrews for that. Hebrews chapter 4. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God, for anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his own work, just as God did from his. And level 3 is kingdom rest, living in an actual lifestyle of kingdom rest. We're not going to go into all these verses, and let me encourage you to read perhaps the end of chapter 3 in Hebrews and all of chapter 4 in your own time, you'll be blessed, especially if you look at it from the perspective of God's Sabbath rest for us in the kingdom. But just as God worked on creation and then rested, and Israel had battles to win and take ownership of the promised land, and then they're supposed to have rest on every side, so we can enter level 3 Sabbath and discover rest in our battles, in our circumstances, in the day-to-day of life. You know, Israel, they were supposed to enter the promised land through faith and let God win the battles for them, just like God did at Jericho, and through faith, find rest. Israel still had to fight, but God had already won the battle. And kingdom rest isn't about sitting back and doing nothing but discovering a level of trust and faith, that means we operate from a completely different attitude. We're operating from faith. We're operating from a belief that God has got this and I don't have to worry or stress. And I, I believe that this is the biggest tool that we can learn for avoiding burnout. Now, we don't actually have to go through life stressed out if we can discover this level three Sabbath rest and what we go through. We can discover that Jesus is our rest in all our battles. We can discover it is God who will overcome our giants for us. Look at the promise that Israel had. But you will cross the Jordan and settle in the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, and he will give you rest from all your enemies around you so that you will live in safety. This was God's promise to the nation of Israel. Enter the promised land and I will give you rest. Israel failed because their view of their circumstances, their view of their circumstances, their view of their circumstances became bigger than the view of God. They believed that their giants were bigger than their God. And this is one of the reasons why the very first thing we talked about with God's kingdom is just how sovereign and how big God is. We need to get that, friends, just how big God is. And the more that we can understand it, the more that we will actually have faith in his ability to fight and win on our behalf, no matter the circumstance or the giant that we're facing. If all of creation, start to finish, is insignificant when compared to the creator king, how big do you think your worst problem is when compared to the conquering king? And how do we grow in this understanding? It comes out of the time we spend developing our level two Sabbath, setting ourselves apart for God, spending time with him. And as we do that, we start to shift our perception of God by spending that that time with him. You know, we all have challenges and difficulties every day, some big, some small, but we all have them. You know, we've got trouble with children, trouble with parents, trouble and difficulties at work or school. There could be trouble with insurance companies, health issues, loved ones not turning to God, floods, fires, COVIDs, trying to get houses built, finding enough money to pay the bills, Every one of us could write our own list of challenges and I don't want to make some of the things that we have to go through seem small but no matter how big the giants, no matter how big the problems God is faithful and able to give us the answers we need, church. Our belief about our problem is normally a bigger problem than the problem. This chapter 4 in Hebrews tells us that Jesus is our rest. In 15 and 16 it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. No matter how big the circumstance we're facing in God's kingdom, there is a rest available to us by putting our faith and trust in Jesus. But the writer of Hebrews is real about the fact that this isn't always easy to do when he says in verse 11, make every effort. We need to make every effort. It can be a battle to enter rest. And the battle to enter rest is a battle of the space. It's a battle of the mind. And this is where learning, believing, holding on to God's promises is so powerful. And this, friends, comes out of our sabbath, a level two Sabbath of being setting ourselves apart, spending time with God, filling those spaces that we developed with level one. At Hamna this year during a time of worship. I was, I was musing and talking with God just about this, this year ahead for me. And you know, as I've said, I run a busy company and I've, I've made a commitment to the church that for this year I'll spend Tuesdays down um, here working from church to help assist the staff and um, look after Sundays and, and those sorts of things and it's, it means that there is you know, here it means I'm not spending time on the, my business at, at work while I'm working here and that's a potential risk and cost to me as a company or to the company that I, I own with my brother and, and so suddenly going there God is this the right thing God, what happens if it all goes wrong? God, I might—I I, don't—not quite sure if I can actually afford this time. And, I, and as I was doing that, I just felt Jesus come alongside me and say to me, "Robert, seek first the kingdom, and I'll look after it." And when Jesus said that to me, all the worry went. All the worry went. And I find that time and time again, both for me and for people I minister to, is whenever Jesus speaks, whenever Jesus speaks, things shift. Things change. We discover his rest. We discover his rest. Uh, In verse 12 of Hebrews it says, For the word of God is living and active. When Jesus speaks... Things get activated. Things shift. Now there is always a way through any problem we are facing. There is always an answer to be found in God's kingdom. God speaking to us brings life and hope. And our difficulty with believing comes when we get out of alignment with heaven. Look at what Jesus said in Matthew. He said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you what? Rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find what? Rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Um, A few years ago in Hamner, I was uh, praying for a a leader, a local leader who just started a new role. And as I was uh, praying and ministering to him, I just felt God impressed this verse upon me and and just to actually prophesy that over him and, and say to him, But I I believe God just wants you to know that whenever you're starting to get stressed, whenever you're starting to feel the burden increase, it means that something is out of an alignment between what God wants and what you want. And you need to actually get yourself back into alignment. And I I remember after prophesying that, I thought, oh, I like that. (laughs) I'm going to claim that for myself. And it's one of the things that I, I have learned is that Whenever we are getting stressed, whenever we're getting worried, whenever everything seems to be mounting up, it's because something is out of alignment with Jesus. Our thinking and his thinking aren't matching. And the key which we discover as we set ourselves apart for, for God and spend time with him, which is so much better than, than watching Netflix or playing on a PlayStation or gardening, is Gard- uh, gardening's actually—I love people who garden. I love looking at the, the results. But um, anyway, the when we when we take that time, we're able to start aligning our thinking with Jesus' thinking again, and we will discover that rest for our souls. We will discover that rest for our souls. And if you're sitting there thinking, uh, stressed about something, it's a great indicator that you need to actually go and spend some time with Jesus. If you, if you feel that your world is coming apart and you just don't know what to do and you're panicking, it's a great indicator that you need to go spend some time with Jesus. Look at what uh, Isaiah says. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. We all grow tired. The same. we all grow tired. And we all go through times when we struggle and once again need to make every effort. But those who hope, another other translations say, those who wait, those who seek, those who go to level two Sabbath, set themselves apart, spend time with God, wait in the Lord, will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles, they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. As we wait and put our trust and faith in God, no matter the circumstances, we will be able to go through them or overcome them in the power of the Holy Spirit. As we give God permission to do what he does best, bring light into dark places, bring order out of chaos, and relieve life and fruitfulness into dead and empty places. St. Augustine said this, You, God... Have made us for yourself, and our hearts find no rest until they rest in you. You Now, God's kingdom is a kingdom of rest, and although there are fights to be had, battles to be won, the kingdom of darkness to be pushed back, and the kingdom of God to be expanded, we're to do this acting out of the authority we have in Christ, putting our faith and trust in God's ability. Now, for some of you, you might need to do some work around level one Sabbath. You might need to go and look at your calendar, as we said earlier, find places where you think, yeah, I can do that and I can do that and just adjust my schedule so I can actually get some time of rest. Maybe it's partnering. Uh, you know, I can imagine if there are a couple of single mums, maybe it's partnering where you, uh, and you, you've got young babies. I'll look after your kids for a couple of hours so you can go and spend some time and then do a favour in return. It's just being um, coming up with solutions that will work for you. And I think we can all improve our level two Sabbath. Setting ourselves apart from God, spending that time seeking Him, dealing with some of the stuff that we do fill our rest time with and as we do that and we grow in our understanding of just how big and how great and fantastic and incredible and powerful and impossible that this God is that we serve and how much bigger he is than any giant that we face we can start to put our faith and trust in him in any and every circumstances and find rest for our souls let's stand